Hey, listeners to the fabulous Pelton cast in Talk and Taco time. Kevin Pelton here with my co-host Tristan Caraceno to share some exciting news with the attention lately on Talk and Taco time, including the Seattle Met Magazine feature, the Evening Magazine story. We've decided the time is right to expand and add four new podcasts to the Pelton cast network. Let's go. Wow. Just like me and having children. The Pelton Cast Network cannot be stopped. <laughs> are we going to get up to 10 to 15? I, I think we're going to quickly because we are now up to six total podcasts, sometimes seven, depending on how you count them. I can't wait to unveil these four new podcasts for you today. All right. So what we've done is recorded 15, 10 to 15 minute pilot episodes of all four of these. So please give them a listen and make sure to like and subscribe. Never after 10.30 a.m. You can listen to this podcast any time of day, but we're only talking about McDonald's breakfast. We're back with the Talking Taco Time crew. I'm Kevin Pelton, your host, along with Tristan Carasino, Chris Smith, and Randy Cote. And we are joined today by special guest from Watson's Counter in the Dear Elite Reviewer podcast. Thanks for joining us, James Liv. Hey, thanks for having me. So this grew out of our conversation with Casey McLean on Talking Taco Time about McDonald's breakfast and our love for that. That it's like it's Taco Time Northwest number one, McDonald's breakfast one A, maybe number two. But we had some. There were some assignments that people needed to eat things. Tristan, have you eaten a McGriddle yet? No, I haven't. <gasps> oh no! Oh. It's been a long time. It has been. I've had a McGriddle ever, but if I had a McGriddle recently, absolutely not. I'm sorry. Oh, what man. other assignments were there? <laughs> yeah, I think we were all were supposed to eat McGriddles, and uh, I didn't. I'm eating a big fat McShittle on this one. Well, and apparently I'm here to compete because I definitely had a McGriddle. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was actually only converted to McGriddles in the last like five years because my buddy Ross, um, he convinced me because he was like, it's a feat of technology to get that maple syrup into a bun without getting your finger sticky. The beads, the beads of maple syrup in the waffle bun. Yes. It's, it's, in, if we, we put a man on the moon and we figured out how to put the syrup inside of the, the griddle cakes. Maybe I'm afraid of a McGriddle, you know, I bet there's a lot of people back there who are afraid like, we don't need to go to the moon. We shouldn't do that. Let's, not do, <laughs> let's just not listen. The McGriddle is a crime against humanity. Yeah. We're playing God now. The only thing imperfect about the McGriddle is the fact that you get the subpar folded scrambled egg on it instead of the whole egg that comes on an egg McMuffin. I love that. That's the only way that the McGriddle could get better. Hmm. No, he's saying that the egg McMuffin egg is better than the folded egg. Right? Correct. Oh, I agree. Okay. But you can't, but. But the, but you yeah the folded egg is what you get on that thing. I don't think there's customization. Really? That yeah, would be. I'm, I mean, I, I guess I'm going to McDonald's tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, do you have the app, Randy? I'm gonna pull it. I'll pull it up in the app right now. Oh, but, I just, eh, I'd, I'd have to set my location as one of those 24 hour breakfast locations. <laughs> I just like yeah. I would just like to say that like. Uh, minus the shitty eggs, plus give me the regular good eggs that you guys usually got. Probably look something like that. I'm just going to throw this out there. I feel like I'm in the minority here. This is an Etro-like take. I prefer the folded egg. Ah. And that's like some old, you know, uh, big breakfast shit. I never get it because I'll eat an egg McMuffin constantly on the app. It, it actually, I, I pro app right now. They they will always have buy one get one free breakfast sandwiches on the app every single oh. and so I'm like a, a sausage burrito can count as a breakfast sandwich, but I my number one item at McDonald's is bre- McDonald's breakfast is sausage burrito, but I always end up ordering the egg McMuffin because I see the buy one get one free and I'm like, I guess I have to do this. You know I love the burritos as much as you we we know that both of yes. us. Randy, Randy was supposed to try the burritos, right? Yes, I did not. I did not. None of us did our When faced with that, I was just got another McGriddle. That's what really happened. Yeah, uh, Kate, Casey was supposed to try the burritos as well, but they're just so small. So I, you know, it's like I need more. You know, it's like obviously yeah. I'm getting two burritos. Then I need, you know, e- either an egg McMuffin or a sausage McMuffin with egg. You know. Or both. 
James, where do you stand on the sausage burritos? I I like them, but they're especially for a bogo. They're just too. They're way too small. I think I could probably crush like twenty of those in a sitting. Oh man, yes. But they're so good when they're like fresh. Yeah, like oh, it's that weird like like, semi chewy tortilla that kind of yeah tactile feel. Like I feel like yeah, you just put it like made it in your own microwave. You're like in the kitchen late night, fucking stone. If you're trying to make something, and this this is like the uh, something holds you over while you're making something that takes a little bit longer to cook. You're like, oh, I'll just throw some shit in a tortilla real quick, roll it up, throw it in there. The two best things in McDonald's breakfast on a micro micro scale is the melted cheese inside of the sausage burrito when it's fresh <laughs> and the little cheese from an egg McMuffin when it ends up on the wrapper the, and the, you pull mm. it off and eat that. There is literally no Ooh. greater joy on <laughs> I was going to say number three, the part where it curls over the sausage patty is better than the rest of the cheese. I'm I'm so glad we started this uh, McDonald's podcast, guys, because I think <laughs> it's going to really take off. I would rather get a well-assembled sandwich, though, at the end of the day. I, I, hate, <laughs> I hate having to rearrange that sandwich every goddamn time. a well-assembled sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Is that oh, too much to ask? Just stack it. Just stack it. That's all you got to do. Have you guys had Chick-fil-A breakfast? With, like, the grilled chicken? I've never had Chick-fil-A. Time. Grilled chicken? That's, that's Dude. You're fucking a real one for that, too, James. Why would you, I, why would you go to Chick-fil-A and get the grilled chicken over the fried chicken? I don't go there. Sometimes the salesman at work goes there and has a bag of them, you know, on the counter. But, yeah, but we gr- need to bring it back to McDonald's chick- breakfast. <laughs> Sorry. We can't it's start a-, a third podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time That's, to think of that, I, that one's supposed to be the Jeopardy podcast. I'm I'm tapped out on thinking of podcast names. I can't come up with a Chick-fil-A <laughs> breakfast. One. I didn't even know Chick-fil-A did breakfast. Yeah, the best thing they have are these little, they're these little mini biscuits. It's like a little, it's with the chicken nugget in a mini biscuit. You get four of them in an order. It's very good. You don't mm. like the grilled chicken joint? Never tried it. I, I lied, by the way. The, the the name should be Chick-fil-A or egg. <laughs> Where are we at on hash browns? I was going to ask the same question. Okay. All right. I'm ready for this one. I'm ready for this. I think hash browns I, are great. <laughs> great they, great they, they are so great this is one of the joys of so when when we discovered it as in as children that at the grocery store they sold a frozen hash brown that looked like the mcdonald's hash brown patty and like you knew it was a special thing if mom was making mcdonald's hash browns at home grilled in a little pan that was a special breakfast that's how Elite with some Johnny seasoning salt, phenomenal. Oh, shout the, out to Johnny's, the, bro. The elite, the oh, go ahead, Tristan. Uh, no, 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 sorry. I, I want to hear the rest of this take. <laughs> so I was going to say the thing that the way you know when you're living your best McDonald's breakfast sandwich life is when you take half to two thirds, you know, or 100% of the hash brown and you put it inside of an egg McMuffin and, and had that as a sandwich, it's giving. Mexi fries in a soft taco is what. Okay. Happening. I was going to say the thing about the the hash browns at McDonald's is it's a very s- similar exterior to a tater tot or a Mexi fry in that case. Yes. It's about surface area that can be fried and salted. It's a lot of a lot of fried, a lot of salted. But the McDonald's hash browns. A lot of other fast food has tried hash browns. I've had them at uh, Taco Bell. Has them very similar things. I've definitely oh, really? had them at. Like, I think Jack in the Box has had them in the past. Nobody can get even remotely close to the McDonald's breakfast hash brown. And I think it has been precisely the same item our entire lives. It has not changed Correct. in any way Why because with perfection? it is already perfected. I never fucking order one. You know what? what? You're missing yeah. out. I, I, rarely, I rarely get one. It's that special occasion yeah. McDonald's so, breakfast it, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Once in a while, I'll have one. It's, well, if I'm like, uh, like eating in there, probably, but I'm definitely not like driving away with one because I just feel like it's, you know, it's not going to taste as it should. See, when I once I accrue enough McDonald's points, I'll always do the free egg McMuffin, and then I order a meal. It's so it's like a McGriddle meal, and then the free English muffin, and then you have your hash brown, 
I get an orange juice because the coffee is absolutely atrocious. And oh then, yeah. <laughs> you know, the the sandwiches. Where do we think? Okay, let's let's say McGriddles aside. McGriddles are a separate beast. There's McGriddles. There's burritos. Just the breakfast sandwiches. What? Where are we at with these? To me, I'm egg McMuffin all the way, but I do fuck with a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Sausage, sausage McMuffin with egg is the fucking best sandwich. Man. I agree with that. Although I love a biscuit, but yeah, they do the chicken yeah. biscuit now, right? I still haven't tried that ever. Is that a thing? Am I making? Uh, I think that is. I true. think I think Wendy's has a chicken biscuit breakfast sandwich. I thought McDonald's started doing it to compete with that, but I haven't. They seen might it. have, but it might have might have been limited time. Um, what are, uh, the thing uh, we can't be talking about McDonald's breakfast? When was the last time anyone here had the big breakfast platter with pancake with the hot cakes? They still do that with my grandparents. They still do that. I I equate that with the like you are going out to sit down with an elderly person for McDonald's yeah. breakfast as a like as a grandchild. I'm a hundred percent with you, like yeah. I here's the thing. We're 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 on the go. Okay, we we can't be saddled with a styrofoam platter. Also, did they just when styrofoam got outlawed in King County? Did they say fuck it, no more platters? We can't we can't do it. They're plastic now. They're plastic platters. They're plastic. Okay. Yeah, they're very good better. for the environment. Plastic. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the. Do you guys remember the like little uh, transformer toys they had? Because there oh, was yeah. a del- yeah. the, the deluxe big breakfast one that became a pterodactyl. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, I think I still have it somewhere. Actually, I'm pretty sure. Phenomenal. The pancakes <laughs> are good though. If we're being honest, not bad. Oh man, like yeah, the yeah, not bad. You know, yeah, when you're young and you don't know, you're just like yeah, fuck yeah, egg McMuffin, and then. That's when you go like with your parents. And then when you go with your grandparents, like, <laughs> you know, taking their jackets off and putting them on the chair. You know. James, you, you missed this the first time, but I went on a high school band trip to Disneyland my like junior year of high school. And they were they were beta testing or like they, they were just like small market testing the new thing called the McGriddle. And I came home from the new world to tell <laughs> everyone like we went to Disneyland. Oh my gosh. How was it? Did you like ride rides? Did you meet Mickey Mouse? Did you, they had this thing. Okay. <laughs> it was like a breakfast sandwich between two little pancakes. You wouldn't believe me if I told you And then, like a year later it came out and I was like, see, like I wasn't dream. It wasn't not a dream. Randy needed a podcast back then to be able to share the news. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Are yeah, we... I, I can only share my takes on a public podcast, not directly with people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's just easier that way. It's a lot of, again, a lot of callbacks on this podcast to a podcast that has not been released <laughs> no one is yet. Supposed to do yet. The, I, I do <laughs> yes. feel like uh, again, I'll get the egg McMuffins, but to me, sausage burrito right in the middle have the hash brown. There's an order to how you do these things. I will never eat the hash brown first. I will always eat an item, then a hash brown, then the second item. Sometimes I'll get two hash browns because they're like, buy one, get one for a dollar. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm having two egg muffins and two hash browns today. That's okay. But that's how this <laughs> okay. meal should be consumed is with a, a hash brown sandwiched in between each of them, sometimes literally. I mean, you're right. Not a right away. If you get like straight fresh ass hash brown, that's too hot. But rarely are... You know, is an egg McMuffin like too hot? Never. All right. Well, we have our assignments now for next time. Those of us who have gone a long time without having McGriddle need to try that. And then the rest of us are trying out the the sausage burrito. And we will be back for you with episode two. Until then, may it always be before 1030, wherever you are. (laughs) That's a great outro. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. (laughs) Phenomenal. Wow. You are listening to Keeping It 150, a podcast about Costco. Now your hosts, Kevin Pelton and Tristan Clarasino. Well, you know we had to do it. Oh, we had to do it to him. A Costco podcast is probably our longest running podcast spinoff, besides for Talking Taco Time, of course. I'll be honest. I might even love Costco more than I love Taco Time. Oh, boy. This well... is... This is... This is in our blood. This is in our bones. We've been waiting for this for a very, very long time. Local warehouse chain. Local warehouse chain, Costco. (laughs) And look, we kicked around a few different names. 
some in the Kirkland signature vein. Obviously, there's the the Kenneth Kirkland TikTok series that is immensely popular. But again, it had to come back to the dollar fifty Costco hot dog, didn't it? We had to do it to him. Legendary, the dollar fifty hot dog plus soda combo. Now, True. I will say it's not it's not just a hot dog. It's basically like you're paying a dollar for the hot dog and fifty cents for the soda. An incredible combination but if we're getting into it let's talk about that in a second this is the first ever episode of keeping it 150 and i do want to posit a take that i've been sitting on for a while i've been holding on to i've been marinating on i've been developing it i've been slowly cooking this take is it, and it's that been is, fermenting no it hasn't been fermenting it's been rotating around oh. slowly <laughs> and that is to say i think to a certain generation maybe the generation after us Almost as iconic in quality and consistency and consistency of price is the Costco rotisserie chicken. At $5, $4.99, right? $4.99 and just pure excellence every single time. I think, again, I think for us as an older generation, I think we are we are accustomed to the hot dog being the most iconic item. And I think the rotisserie chicken might be a more iconic cheap item for the younger generation. I mean, first off, I don't know who is the younger generation. Are you talking to like your bands here? The the TikTok crowd, right? Okay. Gen Zers. I think that the rotisserie chicken may have, I'm not going to say overcome the Costco hot dog, but they are at least, they're nearing equal levels of importance. It's not, this is not an insult to the hot dog. This is just saying Costco did it to him again. Apparently people are concerned about the rotisserie chicken quality right now. This is what I'm seeing in my news search here. That is that for a, real? That there's a number of news stories about this. Yeah. I had a rotisserie chicken two days ago, and it was phenomenal. <laughs> well, whenever people say something about it, I I assume they are wrong and just misremembering things. So I, I'm going to take your word for it over them. But it, uh, this, this is a news story right now. I mean, the thing about it, though, is if they changed the price of the rotisserie chicken to $5.99, I don't think people would be upset about it. Whereas, like literally there have been threats about the dollar 50 hot dog <laughs> should we get into this absolutely we should so this story it actually originates in very like kevin mather like fashion at an issaquah chamber of commerce uh meeting really and that's where that's where this came from that is is recorded strictly by 425business.com Wow, man. And so the fine people at 425 business. <laughs> our, our, our friends of the pod, 425business.com. <laughs> Costco CEO Craig Jelinek presented to them and related a story where he had gone to co founder Jim Senegal, who we replaced as CEO when Senegal retired, and said, Jim, we can't sell this hot dog for a buck fifty. We are losing our rear ends. And Senegal's reply, according to Jelinek, was, If you raise the effing hot dog, I will kill you. Figure it out. <laughs> But like, that's the other thing is like, there is so much news coverage of will Costco raise the price of the hot dog combo because of inflation. And they have continued to maintain that they will not. And look, obviously they, they can survive it because uh, it's a loss leader for them to sell the hot dog at a dollar 50. How much are they actually losing on the dollar 50 hot dog? I don't think they're, according to what Jelnek said, it's more that they just don't make money off of it than that they actually specifically lose money because, but they brought the manufacturing of the hot dogs in house instead of having Hebrew national francs as they used to back in the day when both hot dog and Polish sausage were options. And the, the loss of the Polish sausage, Polish sausage is a controversial thing. Still an option to buy in the pack in the Costco. You could still buy a Polish, you just have to cook it yourself, just not in the food court. Uh, so the, the a lot of people have done assessments of accounting for inflation, what the Costco hot dog should be priced at now relative to being priced at $1.50 when it was introduced in 1985. Oh, man. Perhaps not this coincidentally. The year of old as me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and is of last summer, if you go by the consumer price index, it should have been a, a little over $4, like $4.10, somewhere in that range. And obviously continued inflation since then. So uh, we're probably looking at should be triple what the cost is. Can I give you some other food court news? Are you aware of this? I, I have not actually gotten anything from the food court in a long period of time, so probably not. 
Now, we love updates to the food court. We know that there are some regional favorites to the Costco food court. I'm sure that's something that we'll be covering on all of the future episodes of Keeping It 150. But I mean, wait till you find hear about Canadian Costco food courts. Routine everywhere. <laughs> yes. I was at the Costco two days ago in Tequila. I assume, so the initial one where they, they trialed the, the burger, the failed Costco burger, uh, which you gave a 50 out of 100 on the Pound Catch search for Seattle's best burger. I believe I said I cannot recommend anyone eat this burger. <laughs> it was one of the hottest takes you've given. It was your feelings about Yelp reviews and that burger is the two strongest opinions you've ever had. They have now unveiled a roast beef sandwich. I did not see this. At a price point of $9.99, which is ah. it's kind of shocking to see on because it's I would describe it as appropriately priced. It <laughs> right. makes it look like a shocking amount on because the you have it right next menu. to the dollar fifty hot dog yeah, itself. I, I just don't even know how you could get there. They tried a different sandwich before. I'm pretty sure there was a turkey sandwich. I want to say uh, chicken pesto or turkey pesto. One of those oh, two was yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah that, that was on ciabatta. That, I've had, that I had. It was, it was good. I just, if you put it next to the hot dog or the slice of pizza for a dollar ninety nine, I'm sorry, I'm not having it. My hottest take is I'm not that in on Costco pizza anymore. Loved it as a kid. Not that in on it anymore. The thing that I've settled on, so Costco pizza shrunk a little bit, right? There used to be the, there's cheese, pepperoni, which are still there. There used to be a combo pizza as well. And the combo pizza is sadly gone. It's gone the way of the Costco cheeseburger. But. The, and the, the Polish sausage. That, and the Polish. Yeah, man. We could have a well, podcast just devoted to former Costco items. I mean, that'll be Spit part up of our- pod. Well, no, that's going to be part of our rundown of questions to every guest on keeping it 150. Any, any former Costco items you miss? Yeah. Rip to the what, cheeseburger. What was your favorite Costco lo- food court location? <laughs> uh, but for me, it's settling on in almost every situation I would get pepperoni pizza. At Costco, I have settled on cheese pizza is the way to go. Interesting. That's That's where I feel like I, I've really gotten into a good groove with Costco pizza. Okay. Can I give one other? This is not a food court recommendation about Costco, but sure. This is a Costco food rec- prepared food recommendation. In the similar vein is the rotisserie chicken. I feel kind of kind of wild saying this. Costco sushi is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Costco sushi is excellent i'm trying to think if i've had that i know i've had qfc sushi but i'm not sure if i've had the costco sushi again this is priced appropriately it is not cheap sushi you know sometimes you get the grocery store sushi like the met market sushi right it's like 6.99 or something like that the sushi at costco is like between 14.99 to like 22.99 but you are also getting a costco quantity of sushi honestly not necessarily huh it is it is appropriately priced for the items and the quality, but it's not you can get a large amount of sushi. I think that is quite expensive though. Okay. Well well you can uh, you can purchase as much as they have. It would it would become quite expensive though. But they have packs that are larger. I see what you're saying. But they have like uh, honestly the, they have the I, party platter and then the individual serving. Pretty much. I again I cannot recommend enough of you know, obviously fresh sushi is better, but of like packed grocery store sushi, Costco is bar none the best I've ever had in my entire life. So is this going to be my homework assignment for the next episode of Keeping It 150 is to try uh, to get the Costco sushi? And I mean, I suppose a homework assignment, but more just a treat for your taste buds. <laughs> Do you want to move on to general Costco takes? Of course. <laughs> well, what do you got? Oh, I don't know. I thought you had some. <laughs> Not really. I mean, the thing is, my Costco routine, like, I I get a, a small number of things. Like, Costco isn't as efficient for me as it is for you and your 10 to 15 children. Like, it's better designed for, for a large group. If you're a single person living alone, there's only certain things you can get at Costco, right? Here's my hot, hottest general Costco take. Costco is fashion. <laughs> okay the the kirkland signature crew neck sweatshirt and sweat pant combo 
are one of the hottest items on the market. They're not available at a lot of locations. The sweatpant combo. Wait, is uh, this the ones that are branded Kirkland Signature? Absolutely. They okay, are. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree that that is very on trend. They are, they're one of the coolest items you could wear anywhere on the face of the earth. Uh, but it is not no, easy. The, number two is after that is the keeping it 150 sweatshirt that we'll be coming oh, out with later. Yeah, no, those are pretty hot. Those are fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, because Costco is fashion. Uh, but the sweatpants for the combo, not an easy item to attain. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what we really need, the other thing we want to be developing with the help of the listener through the course of this series is Costco tips. Like one of the one of the things I was talking about the other day with you is I tried to go to the Tequila South Center when I was on my way to Renton to go get Chuck's Donuts. Okay. And I got there around maybe 9.15 or so to get gas before the lines got really bad there. And by the time I was done, Costco not open. Like, okay, maybe 9.30 they'll open the doors. Obviously, 10 o'clock is the official posted opening time. But you, only noobs are going there at 10. It's precisely at 10 a.m. You know that it's going to open a little bit before that. But it got to past 9.30 and it still wasn't open. I decided I... I I just could not wait any longer to to see whether when it might open prior somewhere between that and 10 a.m. So you just smashed right in. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yes. I golden tated. Wow. Uh, what mean, is your route? See, see, I love Costco in every capacity, uh, but I have a very set route of places that I hit along the way every single time. I cool. love looking at the seasonal items, even if it's like $3,000 playhouse or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or like absurd backyard slide, right? Or like a, a inflatable summertime water slide. I'm not going to purchase any of these items, but I love seeing them and knowing that they're there and that the famous cousin Katie gets all of them. <laughs> I Like I said, I it's a small number of items and I am in and out as quickly as possible unless Jan wants me to purchase something for her and I have no idea where it is. That's the only thing that slows me down at Costco. Otherwise, I, it's usually directly back to the food. The The Havarti cheese that packs that they have are like my go-to. Those are great for sandwiches. Uh, so I'm usually picking those up and then, you know, uh, maybe like allergy medication or something like that in the front and then directly to the self-checkout, which has been such a huge time saver for me at Costco as someone who's getting like four items. I, I feel like it's the place that I've gotten the most items of totally disparate like class or whatever. Like it's sort of in the category of like Target and Fred Meyer, but Costco kind of pushes it even further from the things that I have purchased from there, Right. I think there's the playhouse that is in my backyard, the wood playhouse that we assembled ourselves. Oh, man. That's, that's in a, my backyard. That could be a podcast in and of itself, the description there, of that, that construction. There is two different cherry trees that I've planted from Costco, hardwood laminate floor, clothes, mini clothes items, right? You're talking like I was wearing a Kraken t-shirt earlier from Costco, of course. And I just recommended sushi from there. <laughs> yes, I wouldn't trust anyone else to offer all those different and things. The quality the same, is high. Under the That's same why roof. there is a can at Costco or can at Kirkland. So can at Kirkland, I think, is pretty much strictly liquors from what I can tell or or alcoholic beverages, I should say, more generally. But like, I, I would be interested in a Kenneth Kirkland extension to just all, all sorts of different things that they offer their their own variety of. Crew neck sweatshirts. <laughs> Batteries. Your cherry trees. I have a bonsai tree from Costco. I've got all sorts. If Costco has it, I'm just like, this is a thing that I want. And you can count on the quality. That's the main thing. I mean, that's why there's an entire podcast devoted to Costco. And the thing is, unlike talking Taco Time Northwest, uh, I don't think you can be on a quest to visit every Costco location. Uh, we'll see. Local warehouse retailer, Costco. Anything else we should cover on this first episode? 
no, I think I think we've hit a lot of different places, just like Costco. I mean, we're leaving a lot of meat on the bone, just like you bought a pack of ribs from Costco. Uh, on that note, be sure to uh, email us or tweet us at PeltonCast your Costco tips. We'd love to hear them, especially if you know precisely when the doors open at various Costco locations. This, and this stay tuned. You just want to know what time the doors open. At exactly. I want the You're Costco. trying to crowdsource what time the doors open. I want the Costco sneak. Okay. With that, you've been keeping it 150. Kinky Kinky Clam! Clam. I'm Kevin Felton. I'm Tristan Carcino. And I'm Luca Carcino. And we had to have Luca as a co-host on this podcast because we don't know any bigger Ivers fans than your son, Tristan. This guy can't keep Clam. Oh, there it is. Is Ivers your favorite restaurant, Luca? Definitely. Definitely. In I mean, front of God and the co-host of Talking Taco <laughs> Time. You're telling us that Ivers is your number one restaurant? Yeah. Wow. I mean, he's requested it for his birthday in the past, correct? That's been your birthday dinner? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's also your celebratory dinner after you win basketball games. One basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Is it, was, that, was it really only the one? Yeah, that was incredible. <laughs> It was better because the Ivers and, and not the winning. Did the Ivers taste better because you won a game? Yeah. Wow. But because you knew it was a reward for winning. Okay, so what's your go-to order at Ivers? Three-piece fish and chips. Wow. Okay. Classic. And are you using tartar sauce on the fish? Yeah. Because I got I got to say the thing about tartar about Ivers is. They have the best tartar sauce out there, excluding nobody. I wanted to. Talk I don't know about if it. I've ever tasted tartar sauce anywhere else, I wanted, but it's really freaking good. I wanted to talk tartar sauce. First off, what is tartar sauce? <laughs> Dad's looking up the Ivers tartar is, sauce on the I internet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this podcast has become so broad. My dad looked up I- Ivers tartar sauce on Google. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know what tartar sauce is. I there have we go. some vague ideas about now, it. And he just looked if, up tartar sauce on, the, on Wikipedia. If you were to ask Wikipedia, <laughs> <laughs> tartar sauce is a condiment made of mayonnaise, chopped pickles, and relish, capers, and herbs, such as tarragon and dill. I definitely could have guessed some of those things. And the one thing that you should also ask yourself is, is there any other place in your entire life that you've had tartar sauce? No way. <laughs> I mean, yes. Skip, also. Skippers. What the hell is a skipper's? Oh, follow-up uh, question. Whenever you have tartar sauce from Ivers, do you say in your head, give the people their tartar sauce yeah. like Mr. Burns? I, I don't. Wow. Uh, I only do because you. Because I do it. And you do it every time. <laughs> every single time. You do it out loud time. right when you order. You <laughs> <Give> order <laughs> as I order it. <laughs> give me my tartar sauce. <laughs> yes, it's that bad. He literally learned by watching you. I've seen the episode too. So sorry, I I should re- let the fools have their tartar sauce. <laughs> oh my god! But I think there's something about the Ivers tartar sauce that is is a little creamier. It's maybe not is is kind of I don't know. Vinegar wasn't in that that list of things there, was it? But it's not as vinegary, I would say, as some other tartar sauces. Is that a fair assessment? Tartar. Luca, will you do tartar sauce on your fries as well, or strictly ketchup on your fries? Uh, you got to talk into the microphone to answer tar- this question. <laughs> ketchup and tartar sauce on fries and chips. Whatever I just said. Fries and fish. <laughs> so you're going ketchup on the fish as well? Yeah. Oh, that is a controversial take. You do ketchup on the fish? Yeah. But be gone. The ketchup on the, the ketchup on the fish tastes better. Really? Tartar or sauce on the fries tastes really good, though. It's weird to me why I am like so repulsed by ketchup on fish, but for some reason that combination just doesn't do it to me. There's some places that ketchup goes, and some places ketchup doesn't go. <laughs> I have very strict rules about where ketchup, ketchup goes. Ketchup in the clam chowder. <laughs> Let me just say, do you want to know what my my style is? I feel like I've come out very pro vinegar in the last Especially couple of months. On unquestionably this so. I am all about dumping as much vinegar at the oil the and malt vinegar, vinegar. That, and the malt vinegar. On to both the fish. I love when it gets on the chips also, though. You so, ever put vinegar on quesadillas? No, but that sounds great. <laughs> Have you ever put vinegar on quesadillas? <laughs> no. That sounds terrible. But you should try it. <laughs> uh, neither ketchup nor vinegar on quesadillas, unquestionably. So on Top Chef last week, wow. one of the challenges was to recreate English pub food. And the team 
Ali and Amar that drew fish and chips. What they did was a malted vinegar Ooh, chips. That sounds good. Let me ask you a question. When they, they should have just that. bought Ivers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, it probably would not have made a very, the, the very much not like very bland. <laughs> oh, a, a very, very much not English place. I, I don't feel like the Ivers would have maintained its quality over the first the continental journey and then <laughs> the transatlantic journey. But let me ask you: so British fish and chips, the traditional British fish and chips, it's the one long, one piece, long of, piece of of fish. Yeah, in the United States of America, at places like Ivers, we do it as smaller pieces of fish fried in More chicken strips. More style. like chicken strips yeah. instead of one long piece of fish. As Americans, when we see that, we think it's gross. So, wait, but you have, they do do it that way at the place in Renton, don't they? Mm, the one big piece. Salty blue. Yeah. Yes. Huh? I think. I don't know about that, actually. I believe they do. I feel like that's the case. There's, there's a, a truck that I've been to, a fish and, fish and chips truck in Seattle that does it the British way. To me, the ratio you the ratio of fried to fish is just right on American fish and chips, and Whatever. that's what makes me skeptical Americans of the British style fish and chips. Whatever y'all said was irrelevant. You think they'll let you take fish and chips from across the country on a plane? <laughs> I, you know, it's an etiquette question whether you should take fish and chips across the country. The it's, it's certainly allowed. There's stories of like people taking in and out across the country on planes. There's, there's no one's gonna. gonna <laughs> Can you take fish and chips on an international flight? <laughs> Wait, someone actually? Asked no, that's. <laughs> Are you looking at what the, what the truck was? I like how this podcast has become a lot about fish and chips that is not Ivers. An unlikely outcome for the okay, so, can't keep playing. So let me ask you another question. Luca, you have not had this. Don't tap into the microphone. <laughs> Luca, you have not had this. Wrangling my children is a huge part of these new podcasts that we've done. Mm. Uh, you've never had the clam chowder from Ivers. Can I have it? Am I allergic to it? I have no idea. But that's a great question. I've anyway, heard... talking to the person who has had clam chowder. Correct. Wait, you've never had it? You've had it. No, I've had it, but I'm directing my question to him because you're irrelevant in the situation. Yes, I am. Have I'm more ever... relevant than any of you. They ask you, there's three different types of clam chowder at Ivers. Ah, uh, okay. So you've got your, your traditional New England style clam chowder. Yes. You've Boston. Got... Or Boston. Clam, clam chowder. That's what they refer to it at Ivers? Or no, I think that New England. What's the red one called? The red one is called, is it, it's New York style, isn't it? New York style. Wow. Not we are that. really unresearched for the oh, podcast. No, no. Dad's looking, dad's looking up Ivers about you. Shut up. <laughs> At the seafood He's bars. He's navigating through but seafood there's bars. There's also the, the Alaskan cot, right? There's the. Correct. The, That's more of like a Northwest style clam chowder. There's one in the Mukilteo. <laughs> He is currently scrolling through sides. White or red, Alaskan smoked salmon chowder. Have you ever had the red or the Alaskan smoked salmon chowder? Did you know that Alaska smoked salmon was a triple award winner? So the red chowder, I have zero interest. It's like ketchup on fish to me. I know. It basically is ketchup on fish. (laughs) Yeah, Manhattan style. Uh, Red clam chowder, not not New York. That's New York. You know my. But I've never had the. I've never had the Alaska smoked salmon, and that actually sounds like it would be quite delicious. Quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Triple award winner. These are the parts of the menu that we probably should explore. (laughs) Now, (laughs) we just every time we only eat fish and chips. (laughs) Fish and chips of various quantities. Our diet is confined to fish and chips. We do not eat food. We eat fish and chips. White chowder. Also white chowder. So back when we back when we went to the happy hour at the uh, the acres of clams on the waterfront, mm-hmm. we explored the studio space of the menu. I think a, quite a bit more back then. That used to be like a regular occurrence for us. A little different, different menu than the seafood bar menu. Now we were talking about this. The original Ivers was uh, founded by Ivor Hagelin. Obviously, Ivor. They're flounder. On. No, that's just a joke on play on founder. Flounder is a type of fish. fish. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good co-host right here. <laughs> on, do you, <laughs> on, do you remember what pier it was started on? Yeah. What pier was Ivers initially on when it was founded? I don't know. I think it was 56. And what pier is it on now? Oh, it's on 54, obviously. Everyone knows that. Luca actually knew this. And what's on pier 56 now? The museum. The museum? No. The fish museum? Yeah. Called an aquarium. 
<laughs> he founded it. I think this is... Oh, everything you're saying appears to be untrue, according wow. to Wikipedia. Having built Seattle's first aquarium on what is now Pier 54, Hagwin decided to add a companion fish and chips bar yeah, to feed his visitors. Yeah, he got rid of it, but he kept the fish and chips bar. Opened a new restaurant, Acres of Clams, at the same location. I see. So Pier 54 so has always been the home the of Ivers. So it was that moved. It was the aquarium. Correct. Ivor Hagwin gets a lot of credit for founding Ivers. Not a lot of credit for having the first aquarium in Seattle, Washington. Isn't he dead? Long uh, dead. He, he has passed away, One yes. Year. Yes. I mean, Ivor's Salmon House also has a strong happy hour. Like, these were places Wait, we went to a lot more frequently back in the day. Wait, there's different Ivor's places? Yes. <laughs> what the heck? There are three different Ivor's restaurants. There's the, acre, there's the Acres of Clams. Get Acres. It. God, shut up. I want to see Stop it. Stop attacking my computer. There's the <laughs> Acres of Clams. I'm touching it. Which is on the waterfront at Pier 54, the site of the original Ivor's. I've been there. There's the Salmon House, which is closer to the U District. Have I been there? No. Okay. We would never let you. And <laughs> Muckleteal Landing, which is in some place called Muckleteal. <laughs> never been there. And then there are the many seafood bars throughout Western Washington. Boring. How many <laughs> seafood bars are there? Can we be on a quest to visit every Ivers There are honestly bars? not that many. <laughs> Dude, I, I would a, do that. I would eat Ivers. But there's a, a lot of these. I've, I mean, how many of these have I ever been to? I, there's I've only obviously... 14. I feel like I've been to like two of them. <laughs> Where is I mean, Edmonds? <laughs> it's up north. We've and taught, James we've taught Carter. this man everything we know about. James Carter. James Center. Now, the other thing that we should note <laughs> is that Ivers in, is in basically every stadium Across the Seattle area. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. It's freaking incredible. Along they with, even had it at the Mer Rainier Stadium. Along with their sister restaurant, Kid Valley, at many of those locations. I've uh, never had Kid Valley, and it sounds pretty okay. Did not did not come out great in our search for Seattle's best burger. Although, like, growing up, Kid Valley was, like, right up there with Dick's for me. Yeah, it's called Kid Valley. <laughs> Although their burgers aren't very kid-like. The Dick's no. burgers are more for kids. You've had it at Husky football games. Yeah. Mariners games. Yeah. Seahawks games? Yes, actually. The one preseason game where it was terrible and we had to wait in line for 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. That, that was actually awful. And it was really smoky outside. And my catalytic converter was stolen. Oh, yeah. That sucked, too. <laughs> <laughs> did you have it at the Cheney Stadium, home of the Rainiers? I did not have it. Wow. Okay. It was there, but I did not have it. Dude, it's not completed a Husky football game if you don't have Ivers and frozen lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> If it's not pouring down rain, windy, and the Huskies have lost to Oregon State. <laughs> and you're still consuming a frozen lemonade, even though it's like 45 degrees at most. A high of 45. Forgive, we watched the football for one half of a quarter, and we still got Ivers and a frozen lemonade. <laughs> Did we really? We, we watched it. after The Huskies were up 14 nothing, and then we just went in, and we watched the Mariners game for the next no, that, eight that was, innings. For the record, that, that was, was the Arizona that game, was Stanford. not Stanford. It was Stanford. It was really smoky. That was Stanford. No, it was 100% Arizona. You're going to debate ESPN's Kevin Pelton on this? This is like a meeting of the uh, pow powers of remembering things. Well, this is an ESPN's this Kevin Pelton. geography. We're not on his home turf anymore. <laughs> We're on remembering specific story events. This is my territory. Wow. That's where he has the advantage. Global geography, that's you. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm going to say, though, as a, ta as a task for the next episode of Can't Keep Clam. Can't Keep Clam. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We should visit a new Ivers Acres of Clams location. Wow. I can't or uh, Ivers Seafood Bar location. One, yeah, this has been really good. <laughs> Dude, this was so fun. <laughs> like, actually, it was... The one thing that I wanted to mention was the bread bowl. So... <laughs> I was just coming out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I got bowl. a bread bowl when she complained about how... Uh, how about how hard it was to eat. <laughs> she did, There was apparently a top on it, and she couldn't figure that out. <laughs> Wait, who is Jan, this? Jan. Oh. Jan had a hard time with the bread bowl. I will say the bread bowl when you get to go. She was like, where did they put the chowder? I don't see the chowder. Giant piece of bread. And then the bowl, it should say some assembly required. <laughs> oh, you have to pour the chowder into yes, the bread bowl? Yes, you have bowl. to pull okay. out the top. I think it's pre-carved. You have to pull it's out the top. It's definitely pre-carved. And then dump in the chowder yourself. <laughs> Yeah, to have a rival's bread bowl, you need a knife. But I will say, bread bowl, great way to eat chowder. You can't spell bread bowl without bread or bowl. <laughs> I mean, what I love about it is it's self-contained. Like, you're done eating and there's not, there should be nothing left on the plate. It's like Russell Wilson eat the ball after you play a game of football. <laughs> Do you 
actually want eat to eat the bread though. You eat the ball. Well, you especially <laughs> do. It's a lot of bread. Wait, are we talking about a bread bowl? Or are we talking about a football? Or you could put clam chowder in the football. <laughs> that would be terrible. I don't know where we're going here. The, now, the nice thing about the best part of the bread bowl, though, is the part where it soaks up the chowder Duh. and it gets soggy and soft. The top, where, the top where it doesn't get chowder, that can be wow. a toughie. Bread the melt. wet bread lobby, another oh, W. No. Oh, no. <laughs> another W for the wet bread oh, lobby. With that. Thank you. I think we have to call this podcast to an end. No. This has been Can't, Can't Keep, keep Clam. clam. <laughs> <laughs> this unruly podcast I've made the world's only Macklemore podcast. I'm your co-host, Kevin Felton. And I'm Tristan Carcino. And we've put in our 10,000 hours listening to Macklemore. Hello. <laughs> All right, we're going to start this week like we do every week. With a Macklemore banner update. Macklemore banner update. Still has not been found. Definitely is not hanging in the rafters of Climate Pledge Arena. Was there last weekend. It's not No there. update. <laughs> Someday. Someday we are going to get to the bottom of this. What other segments do we have here? Mackle news. <laughs> okay, what kind of news do we have? <laughs> uh, a little bit of Mackle news. Uh... I was down at South by Southwest Music Festival in Austin, Texas last week. And do you know who like else you was said there? that as if like people wouldn't know where Austin was? <laughs> in Austin, a place called Austin, Texas. Do you know who else was at South by Southwest Music Festival in Austin, Texas? I do since I have Instagram and I know that it was Macklemore. It was Macklemore. And do you know where Macklemore was? He played a show to, I believe, thousands of people. It seemed very, very full. On St. Patrick's Day, this man was decked out. You could go to South by Southwest Music Festival in Austin, Texas, and everybody in the music industry is so cool. You would have no idea that it was St. Patrick's Day <laughs> until you see Macklemore. Were you wearing green? Absolutely not. I have to fit in with everybody else who's so cool. <laughs> it literally didn't even cross my mind. Right, it did not cross my mind until I saw Macklemore, like the leprechaun, coming in, and you're just like, "Oh yeah, it is St. Patrick's Day." But wait, was you... there a top hat involved? I think there may have been. No, I, okay. I don't think so. His hair might have been dyed. Huh. Do you know where Macklemore was before he played to his ten thousand fans later that night? I I don't. At a much smaller concert, watching Enum Claw. There you go. Losing his damn mind. To eat of claw. He was loving every single fucking second of it. I looked over at the very end because he was on the other side. We were both at the front. He was on the other side of where I was. And uh, the bassist went into the crowd. Eli had two guitars around him. It's a crazy show, right? People are having a good time. Uh, Numo's April 9th. We'll see you there for sold out, soon to be sold out, Enum Claw. But Macklemore was having such an amazing time. Went up and talked to every band member. Took a bunch of photos. Posted them on his Instagram. This has been more of an Enumquad news update than it's been a Macklemore news <laughs> update. I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> it was a good update. But look, that's Macklemore like holding it down for the, the two. I guess they're not the 206 for Enumquad, but you know, Definitely the greater not. Puget Sound version. Confidently not region. the 206. <laughs> the 253. Did Macklemore play at the Dick stage that was at, at South by? Absolutely not. Macklemore's okay. way too big for the Dick stage. Oh, okay. He only performs just good to know on top big. of the Dick stage <laughs> in a Cortez Kennedy jersey. Can I? I is that the end of your Mackle news? Yes. Can I? Can I bring you the Mackle news talking Taco Time crossover we've all been waiting for? Absolutely, you can. So outside of the West Seattle Taco Time Northwest location, there is. I don't. I don't know what exactly it is. You know, some sort of box uh, that does some sort of there are murals power... throughout West Seattle. But yes, of, there are of... murals on all of these. I, I just don't know what the actual objects are. Because... No one knows. <laughs> maybe Mackel, maybe Macklemore assembled them. I, I, I don't think so. But uh, it previously was it, the mural of Macklemore was updated, and now is the album cover for his latest album, Ben. Wow, I think We're... that. Which leads us I, into talking about that, right? I think that wraps up Mackle news <laughs> and brings us to Macklography. I thought that was, was Mackle reviews. Mackle views? 
Uh, so Ben has been out since the early this month, and we've both gotten a chance to listen to it. What What are your thoughts? Not bad. <laughs> I mean, it's not necessarily surprising. This has but... been Mackle views. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, it's a fast moving moving podcast. A fast moving. No, I, I actually have some thoughts. I have some some. So it's you. It's decidedly his like by far his most introspective uh, album. I would say. I don't agree with that. You don't think so? I think almost every Macklemore album hits a lot of different points. That's like, fair. Introspective has always been part of the brand. Yeah, I don't know if I would if I could like balance most or least introspective Macklemore album because it's it's also a fun album in a lot of ways. There's sort of like a first half and a second half to it. So okay, so this is interesting because I've mostly listened to it on Spotify, either on my on the app on my phone or driving around. So I've heard it completely out of order. I have not heard the album. Do front you not have Spotify a Spotify Pro account? I don't. Maybe I'm just doing it wrong. But Do I'm. You know getting... the button where the two lines cut across each other. <laughs> that's that's auto random play. You could do it in the circle where it plays every song in order. Did you know that? I. I wait. You actually don't know this. I mean, I'm aware on my computer that I can change that. I've not been able to do you that think on my on phone. your phone. You have to listen to every song. What are they doing with Androids these days? <laughs> oh my! Sorry for outing you as an Android user. Um. Uh, I, Everybody could have guessed by seeing you, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. Look, I fit the. So I'm, fit I'm the holding up my phone to the screen here. Do you see that? It's the Ben by Macklemore because this is uh, this unruly podcast I've made. So I'm pressing uh, play on the first song. Can't play it out loud because of uh, uh, rights issues, of course. Um, <laughs> so do you see those two buttons at the bottom there? That one right there that's the circle, and the other one right there that has the two lines crossing over each other and yeah, arrows? I, I mean, I, I see the, the That arrows, one yeah. right there will play the songs at random. That other one plays the songs in order. All right, I, I, have, to, I have to look this up on my, my phone to... This has been Spotify information <laughs> news to you that I'm shocked about. It's like talking to Jan about technology. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you on that one. Does your app not have the same thing? No, it 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 definitely does. Maybe it's just the phone, the the car, it, and I did not somehow change it back when I went to the phone. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we've really learned some things here. We've promoted Edom Claw. Uh, this has been the most introspective Mackle Mackle <laughs> views reviews segment. Mackle views. Uh. So there's kind of a first and second half of the album. The first half, uh, a little bit more on the pop song side. The first handful of songs in particular, a little bit more on the pop song side. The second half, I would say, is the more emotional part. Macklemore is also very concerned in a way that I think he always has, but maybe even more acutely so, with how our lives are influenced by social media. And this is something that he wants to talk about. Yes, Definitely. The recurring theme throughout the album. And it's funny that we're listening to this on Spotify, an app that is a music app that is trying to get as close to 30-second snippets of songs as it can humanly be. <laughs> uh, yes, the line about making a 15 album with 15 songs and people having a 15-second uh, attention span. Pretty much, yeah. And, but at the same time, like listening to it, I'm like, I totally understand what you're talking about. That, I think that, that was sort of like people listen to it and it comes out and it feels like it's done. Like it feels like the whole campaign is over for somebody like Macklemore. It might not feel like that, but I understand the perspective of like this thing happens and stuff gets consumed so quickly right now where I was like, I get, I get where Macklemore is coming from. I understand. And obviously I understand the influence of social media on our lives. But to me, the one song that stood out the most on this album okay. and my favorite song, my favorite song in the album and one of my favorite Macklemore songs in a long time, that is the song 1984. Also, Baby is Fantasy Genius's favorite song off of this album, he told us. So I was listening to it, and you hear it, and you're like, oh, this is his current version of. So there's the song And We Danced from the Unplanned Mixtape. Yep. Right? There's Castle from the Heist, uh, whatever, Extended Edition or Deluxe Edition 
or whatever. I didn't realize that Castle wasn't like a normal song on the record. And then you listen to 1984 and you're like, okay, that's kind of what this is. But I've listened to it over and over and over again the last couple of days. And the thing that strikes me the most is it sounds exactly like a Future Island song. Oh, really? I haven't observed that, I wouldn't say. In my and, and I feel like it can't be unintentional. And in my head as I listen to it, I'm like, I hear Macklemore singing more and more and more like Sam Herring as, the more that I go on. <laughs> like Sam Herring will get into some of his like deep voice growls and stuff like that. He'll go really low. And uh, I kind of hear Macklemore doing similar things. Listen to it and listen to it in, in terms of, uh, oh my God, what's that song? Ran from the Future Islands album that came out after the big one. Mm-hmm. I think it's called The Far Field. It's like, there's there's a couple of tracks on there where I'm like, this is kind of wild how similar this sounds to Islands. And that's what the 2023 version of And We Danced is. Yeah. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I, lo- I genuinely love that track. It is my favorite Macklemore song since probably anything on the heist. Wow. Okay. I mean, I feel like I enjoyed the Gemini album a lot more after Macklemore played the sold out back to back Kiarina shows that at which the banner was famously raised to the rafters. Like for some reason, just hearing them live, I enjoyed them a lot more afterwards. I thought Gemini was good too. I wanted to highlight the lyric off of uh, the song Chant where Macklemore says, and now I'm up in meetings, and you better believe me, now that we got the arena, the Sonic's making a comeback. Yeah, I heard that, and I, w- I was wondering if this was some Mackle news. <laughs> I don't think it qualifies as that. He didn't give a time. We we need a date if we're going to consider it Mackle news. But let's just say... Could he be part w- of the ownership group? Not could he. He's part of every Seattle sports ownership group, isn't he? Like, or is it just, it's the, just Sounders? the Sounders? It's a little different price point than the the Sonics. Let's be it, clear. Yeah, but I mean, what are we talking? Like, what percentage? It's it's a it's a for show percentage, right? But you can own small, very small percentages of NBA teams. Yes. If a team was coming back to Seattle, it would make a lot of sense to have Macklemore be part of the ownership group in whatever capacity. Yes, you're telling me that there weren't conversations that happened. No, I maybe, mean, there may be. I don't know. I don't know. Is, not... is this an Easter egg? Or have we stumbled into something here on this unruly podcast I've made? First of many, many episodes. I don't know um, that we necessarily stumbled into it. On a line on an extraordinarily popular song. Uh, <laughs> like Genius already has on here. It's far from unlikely that Macklemore would be spearheading a campaign for Return of the Sonics. Is their description of this in their description of this lyric? Far from unlikely? <laughs> what a weird way to describe it. Uh, the other thing that I thought about when listening to Ben was it made me go back and listen to because I was like I have to listen to Castle again I have to listen to these other songs the heist is like pretty banging record I have to yes. say I, I think that because of um, because Mac-a-lash. of Maclash <laughs> oh, no, because of that joke. because of the Maclash that happened which, I mean, much of it was probably, you know, self-caused, you know, posting the test, text text message. I'm not sure if it was a great move, right? No, no. regrettable but, decision. But that's okay. We've all made regrettable decisions. Most of us, not as famous as Macklemore. So, that's true. Uh, it's all about scale, right? If every single time you did something kind of stupid, it was a news story or something that a podcast about you talks about <laughs> eight years later or whatever... It's a lot bigger deal. I do stupid things every single day, and people never talk about them on podcasts, except for... Uh, yeah, I talk about them on podcasts sometimes. Sometimes they're really, really good takes that I give last summer that people bring up all the time. Oh, um, as if you don't bring up that take all the time. You I, really probably... do. I really do bring it up every day. I was You're... in New York talking to a person from Seattle, and it, all of a sudden I'm laying out the case. This Like, she... <laughs> She had no interest in this whatsoever, and I'm laying out the case against Ichiro. I'm just like, 
what what am I doing right now? You were basically the meme of the guy yelling in the woman's ear. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, number one, Mecklemore is named after a member of the 2001 Seattle Mariners. I feel like the odds are he probably is a pretty big Ichiro fan. Oh, I'm sure. I think he's Mac- gonna agree I'm with not, us. There's no question that Mecklemore is tag. pro Ichiro. Like again, because you're the only one on that particular tag, which I don't know. I even... accept that. Just because you're the only one doesn't mean you're wrong. The second connected thought to ha- I have to this: if there was a rapper who grew up in Seattle, is a fan of this current era of Mariners, and also decided to name himself after a utility infielder outfielder on that team, he would name himself Haggerty. Haggerty, which is Macklemore's actual what? last name. <laughs> How did we get here? Wow, wow, three sixty. But I did want to say because the backlash that happened. I think people lost sight of the fact that the heist actually is a very, very good pop rap record. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not like Good Kid Mad City. I understand that as far as lasting influence, but those songs are still, I get pretty much top to bottom, kind of all banging tracks. Even on the deluxe edition, you get My Oh My in there. But a lot of it is speaking so directly to us because, again, one of the most famous artists in the world was born in basically the exact same place as us at basically the exact same time as us. And you used to kind it out? <laughs> yeah. As, as our cousin asked him about at an event at the at uh, a concert at the Tacoma Dome last December. Really loved that, yeah. Really <laughs> wanted that to happen. <clears throat> I don't know if that qualifies as Macklemore. Macklash. <laughs> uh, we got anything else on Ben? I think that's it. Deuces goodbye. Thanks for listening to this unruly podcast I've made.